We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Monkeys, my man, my boy, my boy monkeys, banana monkeys. Dude, it's been a long time, dude. Been a long time. Been a long time. Welcome back to anyone who hasn't been here or doesn't know what the fuck's going on. This is the Banana Slam Jaren podcast. We were doing it pretty consistently before DPC, but you know, I was casting. He was owning some fucking noobs in Division 2, and we were a bit busy. So, how you doing, monkeys? I'm doing, I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Can you tone down the energy levels just a bit monkeys Dude, you're a little it's, too it's little too midnight. much man. i literally just woke up from a nap i set an alarm this time so i would actually remember to do it i'm allowed nice. to be a bit a bit more his mic is kind of low let low me turn energy. you up monkeys here we go let me turn you up you were at 69 percent. that wasn't intentional uh-huh. <laughs> i got i got a new headset because my last headset was being way too wild with like it would randomly increase my volume by like 200 percent apparently so like i i, I just uh, I got see. a new one <laughs> yeah, yeah you know technology things of the matter so you know we we had a lot of things we could probably talk about but first and foremost you know how's how's the team atmosphere you guys went seven and oh you know you guys are chilling are you guys taking a break at all but you said you had 10 hours of stuff yesterday so you guys going uh, normal or what yeah, no, no break. Real. I mean, we took a mini break because um, of the snowstorm that hit Texas. Because uh, Z Freak is is living there, and he he just completely lost internet for like five five plus days or something like that. So we had a bit of a break, like or a bit of a forced break. <laughs> but um, but after he started getting his power and internet back, we just kind of popped back onto the grind, and you know kept on going <laughs> nice so uh when are you guys uh you know when are you guys feeling like you're gonna hit your final form you know how how's the progress going uh i mean we still have a lot of a lot of kinks to work out in our play uh i i honestly would not say that we're entirely ready for division one yet um i i would like to say that we're there but uh I don't know. We we have uh we have a few like concepts that we still have to get correct before we're actually able to take games off of like the better teams because I I, I think I think we just play way too slow right now and it's not uh I don't know it's not good. Yeah, there's like two <laughs> different, there's like two different ways to mess up in Dota, right? I do a lot of coaching, so it's like you either just do the wrong things or you do the right things too slow. You know, like, yeah. I, I know that feeling. I feel like a lot of times when I see Division 2 Dota compared to Division 1 Dota, it's a lot of the same stuff. It's just, you know, it takes an extra 30 seconds to get the same, you know, push all three lanes, smoke gank play going in Division yeah. 2 than it does in Division 1. But, yeah, so that's a big part of it. 
everyone doesn't really realize. Dota's like a race. You know, you're just racing to who can get the most farm and net worth and all that kind of crap. And the team that does it also, faster wins. Also, BSJ, I can't see you, man. So I can't, oh, I can't react to like... Oh, my God. <laughs> monkeys. I forgot. Let me, let me share my screen real quick, buddy. Sorry, buddy. Forgive I'm me, just, I, I'm just me. saying, I can't really no, react no, no. to like, I, I forgot, man. questions. I, I know I never <laughs> fucked this shit up. I know I never fucked this shit up, but I... I, I for the first time ever, but I, you can see me now, right? Yeah, yeah I can. Okay, cool. Uh, sorry, guys. You know, it's a little weird to have a conversation where I'm looking straight into his eyes and he can't even see that I'm doing that. <laughs> but so, uh, uh, so that, that that's how your team's doing. You know, are you going to ask me how I'm doing, monkeys? I, how are you doing? I literally asked you how you were doing, BSJ, and <laughs> you started uh, asking me questions. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. That's fair. Oh, you did do that. But we can always delete that part of the VOD if anyone <laughs> sides with you. But no, I... Uh, it was a little weird, man. Casting DPC from remote was not particularly my cup of tea. I'll just be honest. Yeah. I, it feels like you're like over here. And then everyone else that's casting is over here. I know that's how it literally is, but <laughs> it feels that way too. And it's yeah. nothing that I feel like anyone can do anything about. It was kind of like an awkward scenario. It wasn't obviously intended when, when I got rejected from entry to Europe at the start. But at the end of the day, made the best of it. Got to have my own home broadcast studio. Didn't have the healthiest life habits for the duration of that. You know, working like... <laughs> 35 hours of casting and no, usually decent amount of streaming hours. So yeah. I do have my pseudo workout regimen back online. So I don't feel like complete dog shit. And well, uh, yeah. And I also, the cool thing about it. Okay. So people at home are going to say, BSJ, you're a little fucking whiner. Okay. That's what they're going to say. That's <laughs> what they're going to say. I, I know. I know you guys, by the way, but what I, I'm going to say is that I never operate with an alarm. Like the whole beauty of our job is that I stay up until like 4 a.m. And then I just wake up at some mm. point, you know, I wake up at like noon, maybe one o'clock in the morning. But with the whole casting thing, I had to wake up at like 9 a.m. or like 830 in the morning every single day. And mm. that just fucked me up, man. The quality of life of that was not where I'm looking for. You know, I, 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 <laughs> Obviously, I'm like, I gotta do it. It's my job. I, you know, I, I got hired for this shit. No complaints there. But just because I'm not complaining about it doesn't mean I like it, you know? So that was a little weird. And I did the best part of the last three days. I think I've slept like 10 hours a day, dude. I've slept so fucking much. And Collie's just like, you know, Brian, are, are you okay? I'm like, yes, I'm fine. But now I get to sleep forever. So yeah. that, that's the... I, that's I know the you like your sleep, man. <laughs> you, you've been in team houses with me, dude. You're like, is that guy ever... Is that guy literally dead or what? But BSJ even whines in an attractive man. Dude, there's this one guy in chat that's being really, really weird right now. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. uh, so Those people come, come and go way, way too frequently. <laughs> so, monkeys, did you watch the best of one qualifiers today? Or the tiebreakers for the... Uh, I watched what I could. I uh, visited my grandmother earlier, so I missed the uh, EG or EG Undying game. But I watched the EG Quincy and Quincy Undying. Oh my! Quincy slapped Undying so hard. Oh my god! That was just a beating. Can I just? Can I say something? <laughs> Dude, after the interview with Moon like a week or two ago, Kali and I mm. were like super on the let's go Undying train. Like fuck yeah! Like. You know, that was before they beat Quincy Crew for forcing the qual the tiebreakers in the first place. Mm. And today it was like I got blue balled. Okay. Moon Meander <laughs> blue balled me. All right. I was so ready to just like go crazy that I'm dying upset either EG or Quincy Crew. And they just went to the major. And then they they just looked terrible today i was like so yeah. sad like the games are both stops like you know i'm not yeah. taking any way thing away from eg and quince crew i can tell eg brought the biz today i think the coolest thing about eg though the casters kind of pointed it out but the way they played similar lineups against both teams where undying is uh more like relies on forced errors while quince crew is more just like up in your face aggressive 
they played like really passive against Team Undying. Like the first game, this kill score I think was like six to one, 20 minutes into the game or something. Like they just outfarmed them and outmaneuvered them on the map and basically never fought them. And then they had tied DP and just walked down a lane at one point. And then against Quincy Crew, they were like all over the place, constantly ganking Quinn. The way they picked on him with Crit as well as Abed was fucking sick. I don't know if you guys saw that, but like there were a few times where I just could not believe they went on Quinn. And then he died by like five health. Like mm. you know, he was literally 20 HP ticking off to the last Earth Spirit ultimate tick. Yeah. And I was just like, dude, I was impressed. I was like, damn, that that is some sick fucking Dota right there. I, I think EG definitely showed that they're like they're starting to come together and like they're really going to be like they're going to be the solid lineup that everyone has kind of expected from them for sure. Um, I, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I do. I think Quincy crew is like I think they're a phenomenal team as well. Like they, they definitely proved that in this run. And, you know, I I. I, I, I do think it was a bit of a fluke them losing to Undying because like I do think Quincy is the is the like you know more stable and better team, but uh, uh or I, I meant in the best of three, not in the tiebreakers, obviously. But uh, like I, I think you know them bringing out SVG Enigma two games in a row was just like a bit a bit too slow for Quincy, and then like you know they they just they weren't playing like normal good Quincy Dota. I, I, I mean. Hell, even in the even the in the BO one against Undying, there is that one uh, that one fight on the uh, Radiant Tri Camp where Yawar just like blinked in and died, and then uh, like a, it caused a chain reaction of a couple other deaths, and then Yawar bought back after they had like a twenty one k gold lead for yeah. like the the whole game, and then it triggered like th- Quinn to buy back and like SVG I think to buy back as well, and then it's just like whoa, what just happened? Like Quincy can actually just lose the game now at this Roche fight and. You know that that was super unlike Quincy as well because I feel like Quincy are typically a lot more just like stable and just you know they just take take victories in a very clean manner. But that when that happened, I was just like, what what is happening? Like this is so this is so just weird. <laughs> like, Dude, best of ones to go to a major that'll do some shit to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like Jenkins during the draft or like between game segments was talking about how like the worst TI or the worst Dota of the entire year is played at TI and yeah. it's pretty accurate like the amount of pressure that you can see it like yeah. Dota is like this clinical game and then you throw all these fucking outside factors in and we've talked about it you know when it comes down to your own mindset going into a pub when it comes down to like how your day was just imagine now you've got like millions of dollars weighing down on you hundreds of thousands of people watching it's like this is yeah. as close as they've been really anybody to that a level of pressure in a long time like last yeah. year you know after what when was march was that the last qualifier was march last yeah, year yeah yeah it was like march for the la major that never even happened yep exactly. <laughs> I, I know i got to fly out and then get sent home and then get flown back because they did like the online league or whatever luckily at that point i was still in arizona so the flight was only like an hour but uh, uh, if, if I much, much better than the you know 10 hour flight or whatever <laughs> hey you know the nice thing about the 10 hour flight was it was a nice lap you know, I got to yeah. do it all in one day. I was like, <laughs> so <love> good. <laughs> it was fucking awesome. I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. E-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Oh, uh, but yeah. So one topic I wanted to talk about was, so, you know, we've had our fair share of discussions about the NA region, but let's go into the major. Let's like take some preliminary thoughts on, we got two slots, right? A lot of people kind of don't respect the competitive nature of NA in regards to, you know, outside people tend to not, but I saw some good doing. So what I'm saying is I'm going to be optimistic and say that I think EG and Quincy crew could be contenders for, I don't want to necessarily say winning. Maybe EG could. I think Quincy crew could be like a top eight, maybe toxic, top, toxic, top <laughs> six team. So if what do you think is the bare minimum that it would take between the two of them to get us a third slot in the next DPC league? I think uh, EG top three. No, no meme. <laughs> I know they're known for their third. By top three, you mean specifically <laughs> third? Yes. <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, honestly, I, I truly believe Quincy have have, you know, the the time as a team and the experience to to honestly make like a top four run. I, I know, I know, a lot would have to come together for them to like be able to actually do that. But I think, I think that. Uh, one of the biggest strengths I think that NA Dota has is that uh, we value lanes like a lot with our heroes, and we value like a strong laning phase to kind of snowball into like into the mid game and like you know uh, to like play play really really quick off of a good laning stage. Like you, you can watch you can watch a lot of EU Dota, and they they will just pick heroes that in their mind is just good for the game. And, you know, they, they will have, like, really weak laners to an extent, and they'll just kind of, like, get, or, or I, I think I think there are some flaws to that to that mentality when it comes to Dota, and I think I think Quincy definitely could have, like, a really good run when it comes to the Major. Well, the and, thing about it is, right, is that if not everyone all-ins the lanes, then you can afford to pick slightly weaker laners yeah. in order to complement your game plan better yeah yeah for, for for sure but i i think it's kind of like i i i don't I, like the beautiful thing about majors and international competition is you really you really get to see all of these different play styles and regions actually finally cl- clash right and we we haven't seen that in over a year so it's gonna it's gonna be really interesting to see how each region kind of adjusts and you know uh, starts to understand each region because like I I think NA is gonna be a really fast region because again we value good good strong lanes that are like aggressive and kill a lot like so so highly every single team in NA like values that but then like you look at EU and you don't see that as frequently honestly so you say that right you mm. say that they value lanes highly but I want to make a counterpoint 
So today, EG versus Team Undying, because you didn't see this game. Undying's first three picks were Undying, <laughs> um, Nyx Assassin, and uh, let me see. Let me see real quick. Uh, it was another hero that didn't offer all that much team fight. But the only thing they saw... Okay, it doesn't show up on the fucking schedule. But the only thing that EG saw was basically three heroes with no team fight. But mm -hmm. they did also see an Undying. And they had a Death Prophet first rounded that could be flexed. You're like, okay, maybe this Death Prophet, that's good. Maybe they'll put the Death Prophet offlane now against the Undying. And they straight yeah. up picked Tidehunter. They just picked Tidehunter. And I was cool. like... And I, I was like, oh, no, they had Beastmaster. The opponent had Beastmaster. So that's why they picked Tide. They saw... They saw Nyx Assassin, Beastmaster, Undying, and they just picked Tide. Mm. Um, and so the funny thing about this was you say they prioritized lanes. They just straight up rotated the Death Prophet away from offlane to put a Tide Hunter against an Undying. And I was just like, I guess there's a Rubick instead of a Nyx. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Forgive me. And I guess that even says more about the fact that they picked Tide into Rubick. But the thing was, he had like a god-awful lane on Tide Hunter. One thing I thought that was hilarious was that he was like gushing for creeps in the first two waves. Like literally every CS he got was a gush. And then mm. he had no mana and he kind of just let Dubu solo kill him. Like he wasn't <laughs> even in range of the Ursa because they ended up picking Ursa like, you know, lane dominator shit on the Tidehunter. Yeah. But he just let Dubu solo kill him. And I was like, damn, dude, Ice 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 is crazy. He just, <laughs> he just gets like eight CS from gushing, runs out of mana, and then just feeds to an undying, and it looks so dumb. Like, all all Dubu did was just decay him to death. He didn't even like hit him or anything. He literally mm. just decayed him to death. And the cool thing about that that I saw, because I always thought we prioritized lanes too, was that inevitably they just had Death Prophet tied, and with this Ursa Beastmaster undying lineup, they literally just looked at them. You know, they just looked yeah. at them as they marched down lanes. And I was just like, I was very surprised because like you said, NA is usually like, how do we shit on these guys in the first like five or ten minutes? And they chose to do this and play really patiently, which for me is a good sign because that sign of like not NA and I'm saying that they, I think you need a little bit of other regions' playstyle no, to actually yeah, yeah. deal with their playstyle. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. Again, uh, again, I don't, I don't think it's gonna be like, I, I don't think there's gonna be like a single region that is just gonna absolutely dominate with their playstyle, right? I think there's gonna be a lot of adjusting, uh, like as these teams kind of meet. This is and, their first you know, international as, competition yeah, in a long yeah, time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So like, there, there's gonna be so many, so many like ideas and so many heroes that like you know teams haven't really played against that much and you know maybe they're going to play against these other regions and be like wow i really didn't know Trian protector was just that good right now like i i don't <laughs> it just has like a random a random hero idea but like it's just uh don't spoil i don't know major monkeys <laughs> i don't know it's just going to be it's just going to be a very a very good or like a fun time honestly because like i i i love it when you see teams like grow and evolve over the course of a major it's just like it's one of the most cool things in dota because you just get to see like you get to see how how each team's mind is working and how they're you know progressing as a team and like like uh, like you know how many conversations they're having every single day after they play these other these other regions and they're just like how how are we going to counteract like this aspect of their gameplay and like how are we going to get to the mid game reliably cuz i mean like against Quincy that that's one of the most like struggling things ever I, I mean you saw how they played against the undying and the bo1 like they just ran over undying they were like 13 and 0 at like 10 minutes in the game they were just destroying undying and i, I remember when uh, i was on the zoomers like some sometimes you, we would play against quincy crew and it's like if you don't counteract like so, sometimes they just play so hyper aggressive like they'll bring your war to the mid lane on the five minute siege creep at level five they'll have like five heroes at your tier one tower they're like and basically if you don't bring five heroes there you just get shit on you and you lose your mid tower with the five minute siege and it's like well shit <laughs> like like now you don't have the most important tower in the game because you didn't read like that one really quick move from them and it's, it's just crazy like, lack of foresight on any specific thing suddenly the game is just blown up 
I just want yeah. to interrupt you and say that, like, it, you had to predict that they could possibly do that. Not that they're yeah. going to do it, but that they could do it. Otherwise, yeah. you're just fucked. Like, if you're late to react to something, suddenly your mid tower is gone. Yeah, and it's it just like I again, not not to say like no other region like does that or doesn't do that or you know whatever, but it's just like I, I think there there are are a lot of quirks like that for every every major team from every region and you know we're just we're gonna see so many ideas and it's just like i don't know bsj i'm just excited like i'm 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 really really excited just to watch the the evolution of the meta again because like it's it's just been so long and i i, I thrive off of this shit. it's I been really, so yeah. stale dude it's been so stale because like you're just it feels like when i watch you even though the games are great it's the same fucking play style every single game i watch yeah. it it's the same play style every single game it's like yeah they do it with different heroes yeah it's creative yes it's still good dota i enjoy watching it but like you said i want to see some fucking you know na versus eu i want to see some china versus eu i want to see yeah SCA versus NA. I want to see Ice Ice Ice, you know, take down his own region. You know, I like the thing is that uh, the the cool part about international Dota is you get to see new and improved strats because you have to, like you said, adjust because you're like, okay, I think this will work, but you haven't actually had the time to like iron it out or you know perfect it. You only had like five scrims, for instance, against a specific region where you're like, okay, like will this work against that type of thing because you're like okay we have a problem we have to address it what heroes in our pool are capable of doing that and sometimes like you'll bring a strategy nobody was ready for and then it takes them like a day or two to adjust and then they've got it sometimes like you end up just seeing these arc wardens i remember at the sca major uh the malaysia major where arc warden was like never picked prior to the tournament and suddenly he's first banned every single game because nobody could figure mm. out a way to beat it um yeah that that's that's what i'm looking forward to and I, I think you and I and everyone else, we're on the same page, man. We haven't had a fucking LAN in, you know, yeah. more than a year. So that's the that's the best part about it. And yeah. the cool thing is Absolutely. for me, I haven't even, I'm not even going. So I haven't been. <laughs> this is the first major LAN that I wasn't even involved in in the slightest. So I get to watch it from home and uh, I'm excited to do that. We are sponsored by Prediction. We're partnered with Prediction. And a part of that is that we also are partnership with Ignition. So check out this ad. I'm going to lovingly play for all of you. Join Nailed Ignition it. Casino, your go-to destination for the best Don't online the link, guys. Don't table the games, link. progressive slots, and much more. Oh. Sign up with the promo code Ignition777 no and deposit PSJ. using Bitcoin to get 25 free spins on 777 Deluxe. Wait, I'm sponsored by somebody who gives Bitcoin, so if you use the Bitcoin, you get 25 free spins. Holy shit. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's just like, yeah, I don't know, man. I, especially... Like I, I feel like so many, so many teams are gonna be bringing like everything they have to this major too, because it's like again, as we said, it's been so long. Like all, all these players and teams, like they're they're so hungry for for any any type of validation right now. So everyone's gonna just like they're gonna be really putting their thinking caps on and being like, all right, how how are we taking games off of each other here? <laughs> so I think. I'm going to go to the sad part of things, okay? So my question for you is, let's take into account, I would say the three, I don't, I don't want to be disrespectful for, to the other teams, but the three legit contenders in NA um, going into the start that uh, either in Undying's case came so close or in the case of Zoomers and Sad Boys kind of under underperformed and really had no shot ever since like the first three or four weeks what are your thoughts for like them moving forward? You know, like what are these teams like? What are they aiming for in the second season? Like, do you think they're ever capable of beating Quincy Crew and EG? Like, they they look like they're just in a different league, like a step I down. Mean, I mean, they're like I don't know for the for the Zoomers, for example. I I, I mean, I played with that team for a long time, and uh, I I at least in my mind, I think the Zoomers like they're they're really good at like playing playing fast dota and like you know you know 
kind of like taking an early lead and then just kind of running with that lead and just winning off of like, you know, a 20K net worth lead at 25 and, minutes in the and game. Gunner and playing some hero with a bajillion buttons that he pushes. And yeah, in a yeah. And, and and I mean, hell, we, we even saw that in, in uh, game two against EG. Like, I mean, the Zoomers took a game off. I, I know that was EG's literal first first match back or whatever as like finally a full roster in like a year's time or something. But like they, they did take a game off EG. So like it's not like it's not like there was no hope there or anything. And, and it was a really convincing game. I mean, I don't think they're like them. eons worse. I'm just saying no, no, no. it looked like every series, the like the top two or three teams had like an upper hand. It, fe- it yeah. felt palpable is all I'm saying. And, and I, I, think, I think the Zoomers' main issue is like they, they do like to play really fast and like, you know, j- just kind of al- almost disrespect the enemy team, I would say. Like, like that, that's kind of like their style. There's no way Dota. there's three heroes up this hill. Yeah, yeah, like basically. But like... I I I think I think it, they kind of do it to almost a fault. Like they 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 need the discipline to kind of like reel them back a bit in games and just kind of like they 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 need a voice just being like, all right, guys, like we we just need to play clean Dota for the next like ten minutes, and if we do that, you know, we're we're just gonna win. Like no diving tier twos into their tier three towers or diving tier threes into their tier fours and losing Aegis without getting BKB off or like. You know, I, I mean, the amount of times I've seen Sammy Boy die with a cheese and a BKB off cooldown in his inventory is like too many times to count. Or like Gunner literally blinking into the tier four towers alone and just dying twice with an Aegis because like he he wants to just style on the enemy team. I I don't know, man. Yeah, like and that that's just for high grounding. Like there's definitely a bunch of other other aspects of their play. Like you know, walking up a high ground alone or something just because they're like ah, there's no way they're gonna be here, and then they're just there, and then they die, and it's like well, you know, that slows down your game by a minute and a half. So like you know, you you really have to clean up those uh those. Do you think that that's like something that they want to change though? Like. I mean, I well, talked to Gunner yeah, a lot, I, not about like his team specifically, but like the way they view Dota, they're all about like balls to the wall, like high risk, high reward. Is that like a strategy you think ever works in competitive? Like what? Like I would compare their playstyle similar to Thompson, right? They're just literally running in your face. They yeah, ignore I, creeps like <laughs> we'll see Gunner not hit a creep for like six minutes. And my question is like. What's the difference? You know, like, is it just less refined? Does their playstyle eventually work or do they need to tone it down? You know, like, I, I mean, the, the thing about Thompson is he, he just reads the map correctly, like every time, pretty much. And like, I, I feel I feel like you rarely see him just like go do a play without like, I mean, sure, he'll have some like weird and funny deaths, but like he, he always gets like a return kill for it or something, you know, like he, he's always taking the enemy team down with him. And like he's, you know, at the enemy tier three towers while doing it as well. As well. So like he's dragging the entire enemy team away from like, well, it was on in the past. Now it's mid one. But uh I, I mean, they, they definitely, I don't know, that that team, I, I think they they really, really liked OG's playstyle on like TI8 and TI9, like all of the players did. And um, they they really want to mimic it like as as much as possible. But they're, they're, I, I think I think the I think there's just, a, you know, you, you, you do still have to realize it's Dota and like there is a time to just like chill out and like, you know, like you have you have to be intelligent about the aggression. The basically. problem I have with Dota, like as a as a game that makes it so frustrating on top of everything else is like so I think OG's way of playing when they win TI, it doesn't necessarily work in tier two Dota. Like it has to be done in a very specific way. It's either a, a playstyle that works at the absolute highest level or it feels like it doesn't work at all, you know, like anywhere mm-hmm. else. And so that's why I feel like a lot of times also when OG puts like one replacement player in or throughout the course of the year, maybe they're not as refined. You know, they didn't have a boot camp until like uh, two or three weeks into the into the DPC. They just look underwhelming in comparison to their performance. It doesn't seem like a play style that can dish out consist like a secret type performances. Like you're not going to win three or four major tournaments in a row. You're not going to all that kind of stuff. So it's like in theory, it's like great they won two TIs, but I don't know if it's the best playstyle to mimic. I I I, I think well, you can learn a lot from what they do, but mimicking it. See, it's a, it's so weird because it's like I don't you 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 can you can talk about playstyle so much in Dota, but it's just like 
it, it's so hard to actually say like what what is you know the the objective best play style in Dota because you know there every really single one. every single Dota player like they have their own thoughts and like the way they view the game and like all of that kind of comes into the play style that you want to make for your team because like you know I, I I personally know that for Gunner it's like he sees a power rune he wants to run at the like run on the other side of the like the enemy side of the map and like just find heroes constantly because he he just feels like the strongest hero in the game but then you know i know there's other mid players who you know they they just want to you know farm their first item more reliably and then when they hit that item yeah yeah and then like when they hit that first item timing then they feel really strong and like that that's what kind of like instigates them to you know run around the map a lot but like you know with gunner You'll have you'll see games on him where he'll be like invoker and he'll just have phase boots earn for twenty minutes into the game because he's literally been nonstop running around after he got phase boots and earn and he just that you know n- none of the none of the rotations are working out as planned and he's just not getting the gold that like he really wants and Gunner turns into like the third support almost while uh while the the safe laner and off laner kind of become like the the more two cores on the team and like i i, I don't know it's just there, there there's so many and i'm don't don't get me wrong i'm not trying to flame gunner or anything i'm just kind of like explaining no, i want to be how, clear how, like i i it's there's always going to be biases whether or not we like a particular play style or whether or not we are the fondest of particular players but at the same time i think you know you have to openly criticize or you know, uh, praise a certain playstyle, and I think yeah. that there's a reason why, for instance, that the Zoomers, you know, got fourth in the group. Like, are they obviously a contender? Could they potentially take games, which they did off of the top tier teams? Yeah, or at least you know, EG and, and Quincy crew. Yeah, so it's like, but at the same time, it's not there yet. So we're just kind of discussing why is it not there. So one team I, I, I didn't get to watch very much was sad boys did you watch them at all i i didn't get to see like what went wrong for them i i watched them here and there i watched them when they were like i watched them when they played zoomers and uh black and yellow i think were the only two times that i watched them and they honestly didn't really look very strong against either team. like was <laughs> it know? just an overwhelming like it was the strategy you feel like no strategy like no particular um, style because like if you look at that roster by the way that's like five ti four ti players and dnm who dnm's like yeah. 10 or something so um i mean i don't i don't really know because it's like when, when i watch that team they they group up as five like almost to a fault like I, I feel like they they miss out on stuff on the map a lot like because just general of much... efficiencies. Yeah, yeah, but then like, but there there are definitely games where I see them I see them play like more split and they look they look a lot better and like they play a lot quicker because of it and it could, because like they're not quite literally putting five heroes like on the enemy tri camp and just sitting there as five heroes and it, then like. I see other games where, you know, Snake King splits off or like fear he's on Juggernaut and is actually splitting the map like more so. And, you know, they're they're kind of getting more map control because they're not just literally sitting five heroes in the same place. And and they look a lot better, but they don't do it consistently. And um, I, I, I don't know exactly where that comes into play because I know there's a lot of strong voices on that team between PPD, Snake King, Moo. Uh, maybe fear to an extent i feel like fear is probably a bit more timid compared to the other three but uh i feel like i feel like there's just a lot of different ideas on that team and it's kind of like a toss-up on which players ideas kind of like like show let me tell you i have a hard time imagining ppd and snaking on the same team like i have a really hard time imagining that i feel like that's like, need, don't take anything away from either individual, but the two of their personalities clashing, I feel like would be a real problem. Like, I saw that roster originally, I'm like, individually strong players. I, I don't know if, the, if that, like, mesh of of personalities is going to work. I, I don't I don't think it's going to work. I, uh, I, I mean, I, I, for, for sure, and... Uh... I mean, it kind of it kind of made me think of uh, when PBD and Snaking ended up on the same team. It kind of reminded me of when I played with Eternal Envy and Snaking, and the you know kind of a similar concept there of like E and Snaking. They just both have such strong views of Dota, and like they will 
they would just be so so adamant about like really different ideas and dota and just like you know yelling different things (laughs) yeah and it's like you know so sometimes they would they they would just like put their differences aside and just like listen to each other in game and and you know you you would you would end up just having everything come together properly but there would be other times where like both of them would just want to do different things so so hard in game and it would just be like I don't know what you want to do. <laughs> like, there's there's too many calls going on. <laughs> like, what? I don't... <laughs> yeah. So it, it's. I want to respond real quick on the subject to somebody in chat who says PPD is a TI winner, so snaking has to listen. Let's just act like these are actual human beings instead of robots, and that you can't just <laughs> change somebody's personality and say, "Hey, man, all you got to do is just listen." Like that doesn't fucking work, guys. That doesn't fucking work. So I just want to be clear that, like, I love the people that just say, yeah, just do that. But, like, they're strong personalities. Like, they're confident in the way they view the game. If they view in different perspectives, like, if they're stubborn, that's, like, a character trait. That's not going to change from Dota player or, like, from Dota team to Dota team. That's the problem is it's something that can be worked on. I think I've been stubborn in the past, like, very stubborn when I get on teams about the way I view Dota. And sometimes it takes multiple losses or more than that to get me to to back down but Mm -hmm. uh and that's something i've tried to work on but at the end of the day like if you have two stubborn players that ain't gonna get fixed in one dpc fucking six week league that ain't gonna that's a personality thing uh and um and and also to respond to to that guy's comment is like like yes don't get me wrong ppd and fear like ti winners but it's like I, I think uh, what viewers really underestimate is just how much Dota is still constantly evolving, like every single year, and how much better your average player is getting every single year. Like it is, it is insane how good your average player is nowadays compared to like five years ago. It is absolutely insane, and uh, and like Ice Rog makes sure that the meta the the meta and like the you know the play style uh or like you know the average play style meta changes like consistently like you will not see two big patches where it's just like up oh, yep you just you just five man death ball two patches in a row like you really don't see that like one patch is a five man death ball the next patch is uh you know your pause four is going to be roaming on mid at two minutes the next patch is going to be a trilane meta the next patch is going to be like I, you know, your pause for is a jungler. Like, <laughs> let me give you my quick meta update. By the way, this is like something that blows my mind how quickly this changes. Like a patch or two ago, like major patch or two ago, carries like double bracer, double wraith band, like every fucking game, like double wraith mm-hmm. band wand and a bunch of laning items. Now, if you look at carries, they try to do as few items as possible, and then like treads farming item. You know, like that's yeah. pretty much every carry in the meta right now plays that way. And I just think it's crazy how little things like that, like, develop. Like, you just realize eventually, like, okay, if I can't win the lane anyways, if I buy double Wraith Band, if I find myself jungling anyway, I guess I'm going to buy just treads. Those are simple things that really nothing in the game changed. It just maybe the heroes that are in meta changed. So, like, yeah. the ones that you used to buy double Wraith Band against, like Slardar, for instance, isn't a hero right now, at least popular popularity-wise. It's pretty crazy how these little things constantly change. And that is actually like a view of Dota. Like, am I trying to dominate my lane? Am I trying to just like escape and then go jungle? That itself is like a play style, something every player has an opinion on. And that's like one small factor from one position (laughs) in a game. So I was using that as like, this seems so simple. It seems so small, but that changes from patch to patch so like you said like the game is constantly changing and like even if i agreed with how you like say you and i viewed the game the exact same way a year ago we may not view it the same way now like that yeah that's just how dota is and so a lot of times on teams that's why a lot of heads clash personalities don't work but uh it's just crazy it's it's such a beautiful complicated but uh, agonizingly painful game to to play sometimes (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like, even, uh, you know, there, there, there's so many, like, map changes as well that, that can just change it all. Like, I, I mean, take, a, take for example, the uh, Shrine patch. Like, there were two Shrines initially, 
but uh, one one shrine was pretty much designated for the mid player, and the other shrine was designated for the off lane player. And, and and safe lanes just they they just couldn't compete. Like I, yeah, I would play. Fuck. I remember that. Yeah, I, I I would play in a bad and and I would just like you know use all of my mana and health to just do like five hundred damage. And then I would go over to the shrine, hit up the shrine, come back full health, full mana, and be like, all right, let's do it again. And and you know safe laners that patch like they you literally would pick heroes i could jungle by level four because you just you did not lane that was that yeah was you'd pick like lane. the specters <laughs> you pick all the super hard carries that just never laned anymore because yeah <laughs> like there was like if you tried to pick a lane dominator in that patch it, it, it ain't fucking working man the other guy yeah. had a free regen rune at like five minutes into the game or, <laughs> you know there obviously was the patch where right when they came out it was zero minutes into the game that you could use that shrine yeah it was uh it was but, pretty but dumb it, yeah, it's just like Dota's just ever evolving, and, and you know the neutral items they, that really changed a lot of things too. Because like now you reliably want a hero in like hitting jungle camps at seven minutes, so you can get that like initial neutral item power spike and stuff. And like yeah, like pe- people think about heroes that can kill neutrals effectively as like a part of the draft now because neutral items exist. It's like all right, do we have a neutral killer? Do we have no? All right, we need a neutral us. killer. Yeah, like, I, like, like there, there's just, you know, I don't know. It's just Dota, Dota is just so interesting. And, and I, I think it's, uh, it's naive to just be like, oh, th- this person, this person did really well, like five years ago in Dota. So like, they obviously know everything about Dota. And it's like, well, I mean, you know, P- PBD, he's taken like multiple year breaks since he won TI. And like, uh, you know, I, I sometimes sometimes other people have really good ideas and like yeah it gotta and and, but but i mean that doesn't really defend like the whole strong personality thing on sad boys again like i i I know i got kind of off topic there but Eh, we always (laughs) ramble that's the state of anything bsj forever related here uh but no i the the thing is monkeys that you know what i find is a problem this week What's that? I could imagine all the things I would like to talk to you about that I haven't talked to you about yet. And the problem is we've accrued like three to four fucking weeks of the <laughs> shit. And I can't. I'm like, oh, that's another thing I want to talk about. That's another thing. But guess what? We've already been going for like 40 minutes. So yeah. here's, here's what I'm going to say, monkeys. We say this every fucking week, monkeys. <laughs> but we're going to do this next weekend. And guess what? We are going to feel like. There's not too much to talk about. You know, I know that's crazy. And, you know, man, I just want to say that if you feel like talking to me on a Thursday, let's just throw a fucking episode in there. You know, like if, if, sure, if, you, if you don't feel like being on the podcast, you need to say, hey, BSJ, let's hang out on Discord and and chill like the bros that we are. And I'll be like, that's a little weird monkeys, but OK, I'll do it. So I'm just saying that uh, every time you and I get this pleasant, you know, well, I haven't talked to this guy. And it's kind of nice to talk to a guy, you know, and maybe a pseudo acquaintance friend of mine. So but uh, <laughs> I've been an acquaintance. That's got a mess up. Yeah, I was purposely being awkward with the downplaying that one. But no, I uh, there's a lot of exciting things. we got a lot of stuff coming up. I'm personally uh I, I i the the fucking roller coaster ride of the of the qualifiers today uh i'm super excited simply to just not be casting 35 hours a week even though you know casting's fun and all but working overworking I mean, is, it, is pretty brutal that's it, gonna be a fun six weeks of just streaming honestly <laughs> are, are you gonna be are you gonna be you know this is your time to chill out here are you gonna be streaming daily or what i i mean I dude, I actually was streaming. I, I streamed every single day in February up until like the twenty first. Yeah, or something. I saw that. You, you're and streaming then, at like ten a.m. though. I mean, I I had a normal sleep schedule because of my puppies. So like, I would just wake up to like you know take take them outside to like go to the bathroom, and then I'd just be like, well. I, I'm awake. Well, here let's, I am. Uh, let's, turn, let's turn on the stream, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know that. That's literally my always my outlook on streaming. It's like if I wake up and like I have nothing to do, and it's just like, yep, I got seven hours of free time. Might as well just stream for seven hours because like <laughs> I I don't know what else to do right now. <laughs> That's kind of the gamer life, you know. Is there any like Instagram, Twitter photos of these puppies? 
know, I'm uh, sure I'm I mean, yeah, everyone on, cares on, about on Twitter. I, I did put some put some puppy videos and photos out of okay, you know okay, yeah. corgi puppies trying to jump through snow that's hot, like taller than them and stuff. So. Okay, guys, so just letting you know, you may have to hit up the hit up the socials for monkeys. There, it sounds like it's uh, definitely worth our time and levels of cuteness. Collie's more of a cat person, but. You know, I think she, my head, man. she appreciates some derpy dog stuff too. I, I I love the corgis in the. So how old are they? Are they like super super? They are. Family? We 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 got them when they were eight weeks old, and it's been about a month. So they're they're going oh, on twelve wow. weeks now. Two of them. Yep, two of them, and wow. they're uh, they've already like like almost tripled in size. Like it's so weird because like when you're living with the with the pets, like you don't really notice their their growth every day. Yeah. But whenever like my dad comes over or something, he he sees the pups and he's like, "Oh my god, they're so much bigger!" And I'm like, "Are they? <laughs> really?" <laughs> yeah. No, uh, that's uh, you know, it's the same idea with aging. You know, you look in the mirror and you're like, "Holy shit, that was me ten years ago." Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> so I, I literally think back to even just like five years ago, and I'm just like, "Oh my god, I've just changed so much." Like, what? <laughs> what? what I, I swear, I was just like, I don't know. I, uh, I don't even know where I was going with that. Hey, there was probably like a two-hour-long tangent we could take about <laughs> about that specific subject. But, uh, you know, monkeys, I'm going to cut us off here to make sure we have, like, you know, a somewhat consistent timeline of uh, duration of of Banana Slam Jarrett podcast episodes, along with the consistency of the fact that we will be doing them because I miss you, buddy. But it was always nice to talk to you. Any final words for your loving fans out there, man? Uh, You know, not not really. Just appreciate you all. Hope you're all having a wonderful time and keep on keeping on. There you go. Thanks, monkeys. Love you, buddy. See ya. See you, VSJ. But yeah, guys. Okay, that's it for the podcast. Thanks for watching, and we'll be back to a normal stream. Uh, guys, we are on Spotify and iTunes as well, and it's under Prediction. P R E E D I C T I O N. Prediction with two E's. If you do want to find us on, like, you know, just the audio channels. about mcdonald's all day can't get it off my mind i can already taste it Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some mickey d's deal there's a deal for every moment at mcdonald's right now get two of your favorites for just 350 mix and match a classic mcchicken a hot and spicy mcchicken or a juicy mcdouble price and participation may vary cannot be combined with combo meal single item at regular price